Welcome to episode number 57 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are in a series dealing with our finances, more specifically dealing with the area of prosperity. The topic of prosperity is one of the most misunderstood ones that I've ever known about when it comes to dealing with our finances. There's a message out there that says, just give money to God and expect a ton of money to come back. Or, give me money and I'll figure out some way to make you prosperous. Or, there's get-rich-quick schemes and there's plans where there's people want to take your money and see what they can do with it and promise you the sky, but basically give you basically no return or little return whatsoever. But anyways, it's a very convoluted and confusing topic for a lot of folks and totally misunderstood. But if we read God's word, we'll see that God's plan for us is to prosper. The word of God tells us to prosper in all things and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. So the Lord wants us to prosper. As I've mentioned in prior podcasts in the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about God as the one who wants to prosper us and why he does. And then he promises that he will if we just simply set up our plan according to his instructions that we find in his word. The title of today's podcast is, Is Prospering Our Only Goal? It's kind of a, maybe a confusing title, but in reality it's not. It basically, we're trying to get to the point of understanding there's a lot of things we should set goals for in our life. Goal setting is something I totally believe in. I've preached on it. I've taught on it. I've done podcasts on it, but I believe in goal setting. I believe the word of God tells us that we should set goals. As a matter of fact, the word of God tells us that a man plans his ways. That's goal setting, but the Lord directs his steps. And that's kind of the plan that God wants us to have in all areas of our life and especially in the area of prosperity and financial issues. So I want to kind of go deeper into this topic of what is our primary goal to make money? Is it because we want to be richer than the next guy? If that's the case, you're on a wrong platform and that needs to change. One area of major concern is that we should never worry about our finances. I direct those thoughts when I read Philippians chapter 4 in the New Living Translation starting at verse number 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done. Then it says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. So one thing we need to get very clear is that we must never worry about our financial status. We should also never worry or be anxious about whether we're going to get rich or not, or whether we're going to have financial prosperity to a certain level, because God says he'll take care of that. If we just simply put him first, establish our plan according to his program, then we will be able to prosper and he'll make sure that it happens in our life. And I've talked a lot about that in prior podcasts. We'll talk more about that today in the upcoming weeks on the topic of prosperity. In my podcast number 56, we examined the definition of prosperity. Now, I believe the Word of God talks about it so much that here's here's the definition that I receive when I think about the Word of God when it comes to prosperity. The Word of God defines prosperity, in my opinion, as peace, as joy, as abundant living, as having great relationships with God and others. You see, God God's Word tells us, it refers to us to have financial prosperity and to expect it from God. Now, on the other hand, the world, those that are not leading their lives by God, by God's direction and by his instruction, the world looks at prosperity as as different things. They think about wealth. They think about stocks or bonds or luxury homes and material possessions. And if you've spent any time on this earth, as I have, you'll know that many of those things that the world describes as prosperity can come and go. I've seen the stock market drop 30, 40, 50 percent in a period of just a 
month or two or three and seen people literally just collapse over it. In the Great Depression of 1929, when the stock market crashed, the people who were living their lives just for finances and for prosperity literally were collapsing and they were committing suicide. There are pictures of people jumping out of buildings because their finances were gone. Their finances were wiped out. You see, that's what we need to make sure we avoid any concern about losing our finances, about wondering if we're going to be rich or not. If we're all wrapped up in just goal setting about having more and more money and more and more possessions, those are the kind of things that I believe the devil can can rob from us. The devil himself would like for us to put all of our trust and our hope and our confidence in our houses and our gold and silver and our bank accounts, because if he can take those away from us, then we have nothing. And that's his goal is to destroy us. Remember, he's come to kill and to steal and destroy. But God has come to give us life, give us abundant life, give us a prosperous life. So we're going to talk about being careful to make sure that we do not have financial prosperity as our primary goal in life. As we read through the Word of God, we are warned about the proper use of money, the improper use of money, and the dangers that money can cause to our marriage, to our family, to our relationships, to our relationship, quite frankly, with God Himself. And so in Timothy, we read a very powerful statement found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to be reading this from the New Living Translation. Let me just kind of kind of sort through a couple of these verses and see what the Lord has to tell us. Let's start at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 6. It says, Yet true godliness with contentment is great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Now, some people, when they read that, they think, well, then that means God wants to be poor and just simply never strive to be successful in any way. That's just not true. The Lord talks so much about prospering people, but when he talks about contentment, he wants us to be happy with what we have, happy in our relationship with him, not happy in the fact that we're lazy or that we can't try to work harder or do something more or making good decisions to move forward, to invest and do those things. What he's saying is to be content with where you are today. The Apostle Paul talked about that. He said, I've learned all aspects of life. He says, you know, I know what it was like to be hungry and I knew what it was like to be full. I knew what it was like to be wealthy. I knew what it was like to be poor. And he goes on and on talking about how he had certain things in his life at various stages, but he talks and says, but I've learned one thing and that is to be content basically in my circumstances, to basically realize that God's in charge, God is in control, and when God is in control, we never have to worry about our finances. Let's put God in control, let's leave in in control, and do what I like to call, let God be God. Let's not try to manipulate God to bless us in certain ways. Let God be the God that he wants to do and he will do what he wants to do. Some people say, well, how can I say let God be God? I have no control over God. Well, that's the truth of the matter is, is that we make a lot of decisions where we don't trust God, where we don't look to God for guidance and direction, where we don't pray about things. So let's make sure that we put God in charge and move forward. Now let's get back to 1 Timothy. I want to continue to read here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, now at verse 9, New Living Translation. But people who long to be rich fall into temptations and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Then it says one of the most famous verses in the Bible, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Well, I guess there's a couple sermons in there. 
There might be three or four sermons in there, but let me just see if I can't point out a couple things and talk about how money can be so destructive. It says here, but people who long to be rich, if that's our only desire. The title of this particular podcast is, is prosperity our only goal? And I'm talking about that in this same context where it talks about it in 1 Timothy, but people who long to be rich, that their whole goal in life, their only desire in life is to be wealthier, more and more money. The more they make, the more they want. The more they invest and make big profits, then they continue to push and push and push to get more and more and more. And it becomes their number one goal in life. Now, like I said, there's nothing wrong with being rich, being wealthy, having a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with that as long as that is not your primary goal to live because it'll destroy us. It says they fall into temptations. It says, and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. You know, I could sit here and talk for the next two or three hours about people that I have known, people I have done business with when I was a banker, when I was a real estate developer, and talk about how I've seen money be a blessing and I've seen how money can be a curse. Yeah, money can be a curse in our life. It can be something that leads us into all kinds of foolish, it says, and harmful desires. I know a lot of men over the years who have received great financial success and the next thing you know, they're not content with their wife. They're not content with their family. They decide they've got to travel and when they travel, then they decide they need to start looking around for other companionship and they leave their wife at home and they start meeting up with people and there's folks and fellows that I've known over the years who've actually been supporting other women in other states and other cities and they basically have two or three different relationships going on because they have so much money they feel well why not I can afford to do it and what's sad about that is it's just filled with destruction because when we break the vow and the bond of marriage and the relationship that we have with our wife because we now since we have so much more money we can do a lot more things and take a lot more chances we're going to destroy what God has put together it says here for the love of money that means basically a love for it the the, the word love is used very loosely today I, I have a problem with people when they say oh I just love this candy bar well you don't love a candy bar you love God you love your children you love your wife you love relationships with people you love God's word you don't love a candy bar it's or they say I just I just love this new shirt I just love this the word love is being watered down so that they they think that you know you can just apply that to any part of our life but the word love means a deep desire for or a longing for a constant relationship that we want to have with that person or that situation that we refer to that we love it. So let's be careful about that. This, So the, the Word of God tells us that the love of money, that means a deep, profound desire, a goal to achieve more, to get more, to have more money, to have more possessions, and many times to have more possessions than the next guy or the guy across the street from us. So for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, it does not say that money is evil. It does not in any way, shape, or form say that money is evil. Money is not evil in itself. As a matter of fact, if you go back to making money and think about where it comes from, God is our source for our financial blessings. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. So if God blesses us with a good job where we make a lot of money, then that is a financial blessing from the Lord. He is our source and He wants to bless us and He wants to provide for us. He wants to bless His people. So if we're blessed with a good job, then you can't say that that money that we're making off of this good job that God has provided for us is evil because money in itself is not evil. Money can be used for good things and for bad things. I say it a lot of times people take a good blessing from God, which is a financial blessing from God, and they make that money unrighteous and ungodly by spending it on unrighteous and ungodly things. There's people who become alcoholics because they have an abundance of money to spend on alcohol. There's other who have a problem 
problem with gambling because they have a lot of money to spend on gambling. And so we cannot say that money in itself is evil. Money is not evil. It's a blessing from God. Let's make sure that that blessing, which is a righteous gift from God, that it stays righteous in the way that we use it and we don't allow it to destroy our lives and destroy the lives of others. As we read farther in verse 10, it says, the first part said, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And then it says, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Well, here's another example where I could give you another situation where I can give you example after example of people who've allowed money to destroy their faith. And how I say that is this. People, all of a sudden, they're working hard, they're doing well, then they come into money, they start making good money. Maybe an investment comes in or they inherit some money or whatever it might be. But all of a sudden, they've gone from being poor to be financially comfortable. Now they've got this abundance of money. All of a sudden, things like going to church don't seem to be as important. Praying and seeking God doesn't seem to be as important. Matter of fact, just being in the house of God with their family is something that they kind of avoid. I knew a guy who owned a title company once a very successful man, and he decided that he wanted to expand his view and his horizon. So he started taking his weekends, and every weekend he was off to the mountains and to the lake, and he would buy big boats and cabins up in the mountains. And so he totally dropped out of church. Matter of fact, lost all interest in church, lost interest in his family, just basically decided it was go to the lake with all the guys and drink and fish and all those things. And then he basically fall, fell away from church to where church was just not even anything of interest to him. So it wasn't very long. It took just a few years. And and you guessed it, his wife left him because he was unfaithful to her many times. His children wanted nothing to do with him. He still had a lot of money, but now he's sitting up alone in his cabin by himself because the people that he was giving money to to be with him when he was using it improperly basically left him when he decided not to pursue that lifestyle. And it destroyed his life. It literally destroyed. Those financial blessings ruined his life. So financial blessing many times can be destructive to our relationship with God. And it says it right here, for the love of money is the root of evil. And it says, some craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves. It says they walked away from the true faith, the real faith in having a relationship with Jesus Christ and putting God first in all their financial decisions. Let me kind of redirect this episode today. We're talking about prosperity and is it the only goal that we have or that it's the number one goal in our life. Let's kind of take a turn and let's make sure that we see that there's a promise that God has for us to prosper. I've said it over and over again, so let me just give you a couple examples of how God in his word tells us that he wants to bless us. In Philippians chapter 4, the New Living Translation, let me just read one verse, verse 19. That's a Philippians 4 verse 19. And this same God who takes care of me, Paul is talking about this, he says, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So God wants to bless us. I've always liked this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. Once again in the New Living Translation, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You know, that's such a great scripture because it proves that God wants to bless us, but he wants us to not just be blessed with just basically enough to get by, to just meet our basic needs. He wants us to have a generous supply of blessing from him. He wants it to be so great that we'll have more. We'll have more left over that we can't even find places to spend it on so that we can give and bless others. So obviously, God wants us to bless other people and we can't bless them financially if we don't have the financial blessing. So therefore, 
He provides for us a life of prosperity so that we can be blessed and we can be a blessing. I once again like to refer to that old conduit. A conduit is a piece of plastic pipe that's hollow on the inside. And I like to look at our lives as being a large conduit, a piece of plastic that's wide open on both sides. One end is open to receive the blessings of God. And as the blessing flows through that conduit, which is us, flows through us and we're blessed and we receive that blessing, then it also flows out the other side so that we can be a blessing to others. God, I believe also... I believe he walks around with heaven. Now, some of you may think this is a little silly, but I kind of like to give this example sometimes when I'm preaching at the church. I believe we serve a God who has a giant basket full of blessings that he wants to pour out on his people. And I believe he's in heaven with this humongous basket filled with blessings and prosperity and all the things he wants to give us. And he's just looking for faithful people who he can trust that he can pour out a blessing to them so that they can be blessed and be a blessing. And so I like to kind of get underneath that bucket and receive the blessings of God. Yes, so that I can be blessed and my family can be blessed, but that I can also be a blessing to help others, especially in their time of need. From these scriptures, we can see that God wants to bless us. But let's let's talk about maybe there's some conditions on the blessings that he wants to give to us. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 19. It says, A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies ends up in poverty. Man, that's, uh, that's really a very, very strong statement. What it's saying is that if you're not willing to work hard, you then do not deserve the blessings of the Lord. A hard worker has plenty of food. I don't mean physical labor necessarily although there's nothing wrong with that. I've had jobs where it was a lot of physical labor and I've had jobs where it was just mental labor where I was in constantly under stress and pressure. I've had jobs that were easy to make money at and jobs that it was very difficult to make money at. But nonetheless, all of those required a consistent pattern of good works. And that's what God's talking about. So he says a hard worker has plenty of food. That means you'll lack for nothing. It doesn't mean just food. It means provision. It means that blessings. It means all the things that we need. It says, but a person who chases family ends up in poverty. A person who's not willing to work, not willing to go out there and give a good day's work and receive a fair salary for it. They just want to chase after these things that are going to somehow bless them overnight. By the way, I'd like to make a statement about that, dealing with Christians and hard work. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe we are held accountable to work hard for the people that we work for. If you work for a company, I believe you should be, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ especially, you should be there a little bit before work starts to be there ready to go. You should put in your good solid day's work and work right up to the end of that time you're supposed to work and maybe even give them a couple extra minutes or so a day just to show that you appreciate the job. There's something that you want to do for them. I, I learned that from my dad. My dad was a very hard worker. He was the kind of guy that when he had to be at work at 5.30 in the morning, he showed up at 5 o'clock. He didn't want to be late. He didn't want to be a minute late. Matter of fact, he didn't mind checking in a little bit early because he didn't mind it if the boss got a couple minutes out of him he didn't pay for, but he he realized that he was going to do the best job that he could possibly do. And he put his full day's work in. He'd come home. He was a faithful, committed man and a hard worker. And because of that, he retired at a younger age. He was financially free, had no debt, had no mortgage payment, was able to travel and lived a very good life. The last 20 years of his life, he enjoyed thoroughly because his hard work paid off and blessed him. And by the way, he was a tither. He believed in giving 10% of everything that he made to the work of the Lord. And I believe God saw that and blessed him so he would not lack for anything. So let's move on to the next verse here in Proverbs 28 verse 20. It says, the trustworthy person will get a rich
rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Now, a trustworthy person. Are you trustworthy? If your focus is just primarily to prosper and make a lot of money and that's that's your only goal, you may not be the kind of person that's trustworthy. You may have such ambition to get rich and want, that's your not number one goal. That's your primary focus in life that you might cut corners. People cut corners. They they maybe lie a little bit on their income taxes or they, they lie a little bit on construction jobs or on the work that they do for a company or they say they worked eight hours and they only worked seven and a half hours or those types of things. Those are people who are not trustworthy and God can't bless those people. A trustworthy person will get a rich reward. So God wants to bless those who are faithful people who are trustworthy because he says a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. And that's so true. That's so true. So I believe we're learning a lot from God's word. Let's take a look at another scripture and see what it has to tell us about instructions for how to prosper in our finances. Let's continue in Proverbs 28. There's just a lot of instruction here that I think is is worthwhile today. Let's look at the word greed. In Proverbs 28, verse 25, it says, Greed causes fighting. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. The Bible tells us in many places to avoid greed. Matter of fact, it says to avoid greed at any cost. Greed is such a dangerous, such a sinful way to live our lives. A lot of folks have been destroyed financially because of greed. Some people think that greed is good. That means you're beating up other people and you want to make more than the next guy and so you get blessed and so as long as you get blessed, that's all that matters. Well, that's not how God directs us in our finances. That's not how God wants us to prosper. When it comes to greed, we should avoid it. We should avoid it when it comes to transactions we have between people. If we agree to purchase something from someone and agree on a certain price, then we should fulfill that promise and that commitment and pay the price and not try to get them to lower their price or put pressure on them, make them feel you know guilty or make them feel that this is something that you're taking advantage of them. So greed is something that we need to avoid and be careful of because it's so destructive. I have a story, it's just too long for this particular podcast, but about a man who was in business who was he became very greedy, he just became so focused on his wealth. He was worth maybe 10 or 12 million dollars, but then he decided that he just wanted to make more and more money and he became very greedy and he tried to sell projects and the market was going down. The economy was going down and I had encouraged him, why don't you sell while you can before you take a loss on these projects? And he said, no, 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 I'm going to get the most I can, the most I can. And he refused to sell. And after a period of time, he wound up selling the property, but at a significantly less price. And years later, when he basically lost his entire net worth, all of his wealth was gone. He looked at me one day and he says, you know, I've reflected a lot on what you and I've talked about, but he says, I think the thing that real I realize more than anything else now is that greed is what took me out financially. It wasn't the economy. It wasn't a bad market. It wasn't even bad decisions that I had made in investing. He said, bottom line, it greed was the, the thing that destroyed my finances. And, and he said, if I would have only trusted God and put him first and sold those things out and just believe that God was going to bless me, he said, I'd still would have been able to hold on to enough to be financially comfortable. So when the word of God tells us greed causes fighting and that trusting the Lord leads to prosperity, uh, we need to listen to that. We need to adhere to that. We need to draw close to that. We need to understand that God wants us to avoid every form of greed because a life that is focused on prosperity as our number one goal is a life filled with greed. Let me kind of wrap this particular episode up with this last verse found in Proverbs 28, verse 27. Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, 
but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. You know, when it comes to prosperity, there's nothing more prosperous than to receive a financial blessing and then pass that prosperity onto someone else and bless them. I don't mean give away everything that you have and live in poverty. I'm just saying that when we give to others, we're blessed. When you give, it'll come back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God's word tells us that those who give will be blessed. And here it tells us that that to avoid, it's basically telling us to avoid the, the goal of just prosperity at all costs that I, I want, I want, I want to keep and keep all that I've got. It says we should share what we have. So it says whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing. That's interesting. If you give, you'll lack nothing. A lot of folks would find a difficult time with that one. They would think about that as saying, well, how can you have more if you give it away? But they don't understand the way God blesses. Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. If we turn our back on the others in need, if our church has a need and we hold everything we have to ourselves, we're going to lack additional blessings from God. I believe the Lord wants to bless people who even have a lot of money right now because he wants to bless them, but he wants them to use what they have to bless others. And once he understands that we have that spirit or they have that spirit of generosity, that spirit of wanting to give, wanting to be a blessing to others, then God's got something good that he can pour his blessings into. We talk about in giving, we talk about ministries and various activities in the church, whether it's good soil or not. Good soil means something that will produce something else. When when there's good soil, it'll produce something else. So when we have an evangelist that comes through and he's a good person or she is and they're, they're helping other people and they're blessing other people and we want to bless them, I'll tell the congregation, this is good soil. We should invest our money into this because it will produce a return and you'll be blessed. So I believe that God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. And in the kind of review, what I've talked about today. Let, let's make sure that if our goal in is prosperity for our, for just for us, that whatever it takes, it would all cost, we're simply going to fail when it comes to receiving a blessing from the Lord. We got to remember that prosperity is not just possessions. Prosperity is peace in our life, joy in our life, abundant living, a life with great relationships with our wife and our family and our children and our God and our Christian friends and those that we associate, even our neighbors, just simply having great relationships. That's prosperity. And it will include a financial blessing, obviously. We've got to understand that God wants to bless us and he has a plan to bless us. But he also has instructions and conditions on how to be blessed and how he wants to pour out his blessing upon all of us. So I believe today that God's going to bless you. And let me just pray a prayer of blessing over you that you'll receive that abundant life that you so much desire and I believe you deserve if you put God first. Father, I pray a blessing upon those who are listening in today. I pray that they would be blessed, that they would prosper, Father. I pray that they'd take this teaching, Lord, and understand, God, that you have wonderful instructions. It's evident, Lord, that you want to bless us, Lord. It's so easy to understand it in your word, Father, but you also have warnings on things that we should avoid. And Father, I pray that we would avoid those things, Father, that lead us away from you. I pray, Father God, as you bless us financially, financially, Lord, that will grow in our faith and our trust and our confidence in you, Lord. I thank you, God, for this teaching. I thank you, Lord, for those who've listened in today. And I pray that you'd pour out a blessing, Lord, that they cannot even contain or even hold, that they would have an abundance, Father God, for every good work. They'd be a blessing to others, Father, as they're blessed by you. Thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this teaching today as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. And I know that God wants to bless us and I know that he wants to prosper you in all that you put your hand to. 
If you're interested in getting additional information on my teachings on generosity and finances and faith and issues like that, you can go to my webpage found at davidcfriendauthor.com. When you click onto that webpage, there'll be a link there that will provide a free ebook on a topic dealing with your finances. I believe that God will bless you as you go to that. In addition to that, there's other books that I've written that I believe will be a blessing to you, and you can find those all at davidcfriendauthor.com. You can also subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, I'll be wrapping up during this particular month the series on finances and on prosperity because i want to get into a topic that is so precious to me and so important to me, and that is, is the area of faith. So an upcoming podcast, probably in about three or four weeks, I'll be launching a new series on faith. I've written a book entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. What that really means is, have faith. Have faith to believe for things that you don't have today. The Apostle Paul wrote a wonderful scripture where he says, calling forth those things that are not as though that they are. It's in reference to the teaching where God was talking to Abraham. Abraham said he had nothing. God said, you have everything. Abraham says, yes, but there's nothing I can do. And God said, oh yes, you'll be the father of many nations. And Abraham said, basically, I just don't understand that. I can't understand that at all. I don't agree with that. And Abraham's wife also felt the same way. And they thought because they were elderly, extremely old, they were pushing 100 years old. And because of that, they could never have children and God wouldn't bless them or couldn't bless them, wasn't able to bless them. But God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything we can imagine or even think according to the power that's in us. And that power is his spirit. So I'm going to be talking about that and talking about faith and healing. Those will be coming up in the weeks to uh, to follow. I'm excited about it. You can tell I am because I'm already starting to speak on it and I need to wrap this up today. So I pray that you'll be blessed as you listen to these upcoming podcasts. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode will be entitled Have Faith for Prosperity. going to tie the relationship with faith with our finances. We've got to have faith to believe and trust God that he's going to bless us and I know that he wants to. So I'm looking forward to next podcast. I pray that you'll join us. So until next time, may God richly bless you.